Black Girl Known promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. Hey, y'all, it's Lauren Ash and Dion Ivory. And thanks so much for listening to the Black Girl Known Podcast. Hey, y'all, before we get into our conversation for today, I want to shout out our episode sponsor, Bright Pink. They focus on the prevention and early detection of breast and ovarian cancers. And this is super important for us as women of color because we are at higher risk. I would love to encourage all of you to take their quiz that helps you really detect how you can um, be more preventative with your health specifically related to these cancers, you can do it so simply right now by texting PREVENT in all caps to 59227 or visiting assessyourrisk.org slash BGIO. Again, that's PREVENT to 59227 or visit assessyourrisk.org slash BGIO. Another day. Another dollar. Another glow. <laughs> I always got to start off with the cackle, bro. I know. Always. Why? Oh, my God. Bringing in this good energy. Hey, yes. y'all. Hey. We're doing another podcast. It's going to be lit. It is litty. Already is. Yes. yes. This is seriously going to be a feel-good episode because my girl, Koya Webb of Get Loved Up, whose mission is to get all of us loved up on the daily, Love is joining that. us from California. Hey. Oh, yes. Hey, girl. <laughs> Koya. Hey, what's up? <laughs> I was like, girl, I was girl like, that, is that my cue? Is that my cue? That's your cue. Your cue. <laughs> I missed it. I missed the mic. <laughs> no, you came right on time. Oh, how are you, ladies? It's so good to be hearing your voice. Yes, girl, we are do we, baby, we are doing fantastic, fan freaking tastic, as Lori would say. <laughs> <laughs> I also love sharing conversation with both of you because you're both like my southern bells. Wait a minute, mm-hmm. she's from. Wait, you're from the south. Yes, girl, I'm from Tennessee. Oh. I am. Okay, Tennessee. Is that I not thought the she South was gonna to say you? Te- you know, Uh-oh. it is. Are we going to debate? <laughs> it is. I, th- I just thought she was going to say Texas, and I was about to jump out of my skin. Oh. But she said <laughs> no. and I was like, Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Tennessee. Memphis is definitely the South. That's true. It's all good, though. You from the South. You know, the culture there is like, you know. We 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 here we here. You can't see me doing the here thing, but we here. <laughs> She's basically pointing to you and pointing to herself. Yeah. She's excited. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. See, I already knew that's the southern thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactamente. Um, so Koya, we're so excited to have you. You have been a part of my personal development over the past, I would say, six months, really, um, mm. and influenced my life and my wellness practice for the better. And you just share so much with so many people around the world related to holistic health, mindful living, specifically through the tools of yoga, plant-based eating, and um, eco-friendly living as well. So I, before we like get into what Get Loved Up is mm-hmm. and like how 
that's such a, a part of your journey on this earth. Like, could you just tell us your origin story? As you know, I love hearing it. And I think it's so <laughs> inspiring and so interesting as well. Thank you. Well, I just really appreciate it. And I appreciate you because meeting you is just the epitome of the type of woman that I want to reach with this message. Just driven and beautiful and well-spoken and just, you know, doing all the things, but still having space to take care and love themselves a mm -hmm. little bit more. Mm -hmm. And you are the epitome of that, of just like helping so many people yourself and, um, my story started, you know, I grew up, I just love people. As a young girl, I love people. I love being around people. I love seeing people smile. Um, I was always the one that would, you know, help my little brothers, help around the house. Mommy, let me do this. Let me get in the kitchen. I remember when I was younger, when it would rain, I would go outside and I wanted to help my mom in the kitchen make pies. She's like, no, you're too young. So I would run outside and make mud pies. And if you're from the <laughs> South, you know about the mud pies. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I would make these mud pies and pretend like I was cooking and I, because I feel like food is love. And I wanted to yes. make food with my mom. So growing up being in that um, type of life, I realized that as a, as a young age, I wanted to do something to help people. And I ended up running track because I needed to pay the bills. I needed to get into college. I was like, I need my education. So I went to college on a track and field scholarship. You were a track and star girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I mean, at that moment, that's how I felt. I was like, you know, track is my thing. I live, breathe, and eat track and field. And... Um, I was walking home from class one day and I got this sharp pain in my back and I dropped to the floor. And I was like, oh, what was that? Like I really hadn't been injured in about two years. And so I was just I was just nervous about what that was. I went to the doctor, they're like, you have a stress fracture in your back, you're out for the season. I'm like, what? Like, what, what is, what do you mean I'm out for the season? Like, they're like, yeah, you know, you can coach. I'm like, wait a minute, coach. No, wow. I want to run. And so I was really devastated because at this time in my career, it's a time where I needed to make moves in order to um, get to the Olympic trials and things like that. And so I was devastated, um, heartbroken. And my teacher, I was crying in classes, so my teacher sent me to the counselor, and the counselor recommended that I try yoga. And in that recommendation, I was like, you know, from the South, we don't know yoga. We were like, mm -hmm. Buddha, like, what is that? Like, so the teacher's like, no, it's not worshiping anything. It's just stretching. And I really didn't have a choice. So I was like, okay, let me do this yoga thing. I went in there. I was a tight athlete. I could not touch my toes. And no <laughs> one would believe that looking at my Instagram now, but I could not touch my toes. Right. And I was stiff. I was hurt in the inside. And I was just like, my teacher saw me. And I'm sure I was just looking depressed and just and just ready to give up. And she came over to me and she said, you know what? I just want you to breathe with me. Mm. And she took this big inhale. And I inhaled with her. And then we exhaled together. And I felt what I know now is spirit. Mm-hmm. 
And I hadn't felt that before since I've been baptized. You know that tingling feeling all over your body? Mm -hmm. um, and that's what it is for me. I mean, when I remember when I was 12 years old and I felt this tingling feeling, I was like, oh my goodness, I think I felt the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I think it's time mm -hmm. for me to get baptized. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea. I just knew it felt really good. Right. And I always asked my mom and my dad, when should I get baptized? They were like, you'll know when you feel it. You'll know when you feel it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when I felt that feeling, you know, I got baptized and... So fast forward, you know, you get busy. I'm in school. You know, I hadn't felt that feeling in a long time. And so I felt that when I took that deep breath and I was like, you know what? I feel like I'm in the right place. Yeah. So I kept practicing yoga, kept doing the breath work. Then I started swimming. Then I started biking. Then I got stronger. After a year of rehab, and trust me, I tried to go back after six months. I wasn't ready, <laughs> you know? Determined. After a year, it, you know, I rehabbed my body. And um, I came back to win the conference meet in heptathlon, and I went on to lead our team to their first women's uh, conference championship at Wichita State University. Yes. Wow. And yoga that really helped story. you both rehab your body as well as just gain um, that connection to spirit, like what you mentioned as well. Yeah, I really, and you know, and I didn't know it at the time. I mean, that's that's what's so important. Like, I was feeling all these feelings, and I didn't know it until I really started studying, like, spiritual connections. I really didn't know what was happening. I was just in it. Yeah. And a lot of times I feel like, in reality, we have these feelings of feeling good and feeling lifted and being around good people with good vibes and why we feel so good. And when we're around people that are not so proud of why we feel so bad. And people don't understand that energy. Mm. But energy is real and it, it moves our lives and transforms yep. our lives in so many different ways. And once I look back, I was like, wow, that was me really connecting with my soul and my spirit. And it felt great. Wow. That's beautiful. Wow. That's, I just love, I just love hearing the origin stories of like women coming into this new, you know, like, this new phase, not phase, but like intentional living. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's so random that it took that whole situation of like you doing, you know, getting injured um, for you to like, you know, uh, find yourself in this new territory. But it's so beautiful because God uses anything and everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? To places where we need to be placed. So thank you. For I sharing. agree. Yeah. I agree. And sometimes you have to hit rock bottom for you to really wake up. Yeah. Like I'm sure that I got some messages that I shouldn't be training so hard that maybe I should get to sleep. But here I was. I'm trying to be, you know, the best I can be on the track and field. I'm trying to maintain. I had a 3.8 when I graduated. I'm trying to do education and have friends and still go do. I was trying to do the most. I was, you know, really overworking myself, not getting enough recovery, not giving up, not taking care of myself. And that's why I developed, you know, eventually develop things to help women take care of themselves because it's not like we're doing anything wrong. We just need more time for self-care and we have to make that time for self. Even though we're driven, even though we're doing all the good things, we still have to make time for self-care. And I know that that's one of the things that you're most passionate about, you know, like you spoke to the beginning, like helping those of us who are so driven and so ambitious and doing the most, so to speak, right? And that is us all the way. <laughs> really realize how literally every single day we can center and prioritize ourselves. 
So after, you know, you graduated college, can you speak more about your your yoga teaching journey? Because I feel like that was when some further shifts began where you got even more passionate about bringing other people into this fold of intentional living. Right. You're exactly right. It wasn't until it happened again. Here I was like I got, you know, it's 13th, ranked 13th in the nation. I'm like, okay, I'm going to move to California. I'm going to go to the Olympic Training Center. I I mean, I'm so ambitious. I just get all these ideas. And one time my track coach was like, you know what I love about Koya? And she will come up and she will talk about all these great things. And you'll be looking at her like, yeah, right, Koya. And then she would do them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so when I tell you I'm about to move to California, I'm going to get my life, I'm about to do it. (laughs) I'm not playing. And so I moved to California. I didn't know anyone, didn't have any cousins, friends, aunties, uncles. No, I knew not a soul in California, but I knew that the Olympic Training Center was there and I wanted to be in it. So I called up this coach. His name was Ron Sheffield from um, San Diego State University. Random. I was like, hey, you know, I looked you up online. He was like, how did you get my number? Who are you? How do I know you? And I'm like, okay, you don't know me, but... I know you, and I looked you up, and I need your help. And I told him my whole story about how I wanted to come there and run and get accepted into the Olympics. He's like, you know what? I don't know who you are, but I like you. And and I promised him. I was like, the only thing that I can promise you is I'll get better every single day. And he was like, all right, come on out. He was like, I'll train you. And so that was my that was the only yes that I needed to make mm. that. I needed something, you know, and him saying he would coach me was what I needed to go ahead and buy that plane ticket and move out. So here I am out in San Diego, new people, making new friends, getting, I mean, I had to make money. So I started working at 24-hour fitness as a personal trainer. And here I go again, overworking, 5 o'clock. 5 a.m. to 10, I was training people. And then I would 11 to about 2 be on the track, just running, throwing. I was a heptathlete, so that's high wow. jump, long jump, shot put, javelin, you name it. I was doing it. For the Olympics. Seven Sue, training My for the goodness. Olympics. <laughs> training. And then in the evening, I'd give me something to eat, and then I would go back to 24-hour fitness, and I'd be training people from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Because I had to pay this California rent, you know? So, and you already know what happened. Injury. That's what happens when you're doing the most and you don't take care of yourself. Especially when you're in like a physical, a physically demanding sport like like track, basketball, or actually anything. We just get injured in different ways. Sometimes anxiety. Sometimes, you know, other things happen in different areas of life. But I was just over exhausting myself, trying to make it work. And then next thing you know, I pulled my hamstring. And what do I know? What helped me the first time that I totally, after it helped me, I was like, thanks, yoga. Appreciate it. (laughs) Appreciate it. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, I need to get back to yoga. I need to find my breath again. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. I went back to yoga. But this time I checked myself. I was like, you know what? I need to be doing this every day. It blesses my life so much. Yeah. It feels so good. I feel so connected. Like, why am I not doing this every day? And I was like, you know what? I need some motivation. And I was looking online for some motivation, and I saw this yoga teacher training. I was like, okay, you know, maybe if I knew more about all the things about yoga, maybe I'd be more inspired to keep it up. 
And so I signed up for this yoga teacher training because they were giving away scholarships. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yoga teacher training is expensive. I'm trying to pay my bills. Mm -hmm. But this specific one was giving scholarships. Um, not full, but if they were, you know, doing a little something, something to help me out. So I was like, okay, I'm going to help the teacher. I'm going to take this scholarship. And I'm going to, you know, really heal myself with, with yoga like I did last time. I know it works. Um, so I'm going to do that. So I did that. And pff, it was the best thing. One of the best things I've ever done in my life. Like learning about the the yamas and niyamas and you know forgiveness and compassion and non-judgment and all these things that you know you don't necessarily learn in a yoga class i was doing you know the asana the breath the healing but once i knew the mental and spiritual aspects that I was feeling, I was feeling them, but I didn't know what was actually happening right. in my body. I didn't know I was detoxing, mm. you know, when I went to class. I didn't know I was aligning with my spiritual self. Again, I found that out later. I just knew how it felt. Right. I knew it felt good and I felt connected. And I didn't know that that's what happens in yoga when you get quiet, when you let, you know, all these things around you go, when you do the OM and you connect with people in the room with you, all of these things things are happening. And so going to that yoga teacher training just opened my mind, opened my life, like, you know, how the blood flows, how you restrict and then let the blood flow and how that's so healing. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? This is such a gift. I'm going to commit the rest of my life to sharing this gift with people because everyone needs to have the gift of yoga. Wow. Mm. Wow. And what, how many years ago is that? How long have you been teaching again? I have been teaching for 10 years. Wow. wow. Wait, are you going to celebrate this year? I know. I should. Yes, I just, girl, I just celebrated my 13-year uh, vegan anniversary, and so I need to celebrate. I gotta, rem I gotta find out. I don't even have the specific date um, that I finished my yoga, my first yoga teacher training, because I've taken many since mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. um, but I need to figure out the date, and I should celebrate. You yeah, should. that's a good idea. We'll help you. Ten years <laughs> in the game. That's amazing. Yeah. So for you, it's how, a beautiful thing. So you said 13 years vegan, 10 years teaching yoga. Um, mm -hmm. Can you speak to how you you view the the kind of relationship between your um, intentional journey as a yogi and your intentional journey as a vegan? And I know this because I've lived with you and I've seen this, but like. <laughs> For you, veganism is a holistic lifestyle, um, and mm -hmm. I learned a lot from you about the differences between plant-based and vegan, and, you know, again, we have to have a separate conversation about, like, plant-based eating, but um, I personally don't really use the word vegan when describing myself because I haven't yet committed to it, like, in all of the holistic ways, but I know that, like, for you, like, you don't buy leather, you intentionally make certain, like, consumer decisions that don't support you know, the the industry that does contribute to, like, animals dying and, like, deforestation and things like that. Uh, but then you also eat a completely vegan meal. But anyway, how does that relationship between yoga and veganism show up for you? I think it started showing up. Me practicing yoga, it made me more mindful of the actions that I do in life, the, the paths that I take. And that's why I feel like everyone should have that gift and having that gift will help them once you get clear and you start connecting with your soul, you are in more in alignment with nature. Mm -hmm. 
So you start to make decisions that not only benefit you, it benefits the world at large because you quiet out all the consumerism and all the noise and all the people telling you to do other things a certain way because maybe it's the way they've been done. Yeah. Maybe it's the way that makes money. Maybe it's the way that, you know, you're being convinced things should be done, but you're actually tuning into your own natural guidance and you're tuning into the rhythm of the universe and that's where all the answers are your own answers for your own life to vibrate at your highest frequency that's what that's what I believe and so once I started doing that I was led and I feel like once you when you start meditation and you start listening to your soul you're led along the path of the people you need to meet, mm. the situations. You know, people can always say, oh, you should do this and you should do that. And you think, okay, should I go left or should I go right? What are these things I should do? And I tell people, just be still. Get quiet and go within because that's where all your answers are. Wow. No one can live your life but you. Yep. You know, so when you're still and you go within, it pointed me to plant-based living. And I wasn't even trying. I was living my life. I had a client. His name was Marcos Moet. He had a vegetarian restaurant in San Diego. He was like, yeah, I'm looking for, you know, um, no, I think I was like, you know what? I miss cooking. I'm a Southern girl. I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. I actually broke up with my boyfriend moving to California because he didn't want to move with me. And I was like, well, I got to go. <laughs> Your soul was speaking to you then. Mm -hmm. My soul was speaking to me. And I was like, honey, if you can't come, then, you know, we got to go. <laughs> and so he really didn't support me. He didn't support the move. He didn't understand why I wanted to move out there. He wanted me to move to Wisconsin with him. And I was like, but nothing that I feel my soul, again, which I connected to, said Wisconsin. So even though I did, I was in love with the man, I was like, but I, I have to be about my mission. My soul is calling me to this place for a reason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got to go, you know? So... So I went there and I was like, I don't have anyone to cook for. And, you know, I really am kind of person like I'm an entertaining type of cook and I like cooking for other people. So I didn't cook as much for myself. Um, and he's like, well, you can come. I'm looking for uh, someone to make raw vegan food in my vegetarian restaurant. I was like, really? What's raw vegan food? Is that like sushi or something? <laughs> you sound like me. I had no idea what this raw vegan food thing was. I really hadn't heard much about veganism. Even the yoga that they, it was mainly just stretching in the college that I went to. It wasn't really talking about any type of vegetarian lifestyle. They didn't even talk about that at all. Mm -hmm. So I did, I learned a little bit about it when I got my first yoga teacher training, but they just talked about all of my teacher and most of the students were vegetarian. So mm -hmm. I knew vegetarian, but I didn't know raw vegan. So I was like, you mean like vegetarian? He was like, yeah, but it's more than that. So he gave me this book called Rainbow Green Live Food Cuisine by Gabriel Cousins and that really broke everything down and he gave me this book called The Mucusless Diet and it talked about how different foods um, make acid and mucus and inflammation in the body and other foods are higher vibrational, they're non-hybrid, they're better for your body. I was like, wow, this is important. So I was like, all right, let me try it. So in the middle of trying that, one of my girlfriends was like, hey, girl, did you hear about this lemonade diet? I was like, lemonade diet? And let me, let me just be honest. I'm an experimentalist, okay? <laughs> so I know every person wouldn't be as like, okay, let me do it. But I am definitely an experiment. I like trying new things, especially when it comes to natural healing and health, any way that I can right. you know, take my health to the next level. I'm all about it. So she was like, have you heard of this lemon? I was like, nah, let me see. And she gave me this little book. And hey, if it's a little book and I could read it in a day, I'm about that life. If she would have gave me a thick book, mm-mm. <laughs> 
So this little book by Sterling Burroughs, uh, The Lemonade Diet, I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to do that because I've been trying this raw vegan. I got a lot of gas and, um, you know, it's not feeling too comfortable and I'm trying to cook for these people. Keep it real. And I was having a little trouble when I first tried to go raw vegan and, you know, raw, you know, raw and vegan, whatever I was trying to do. I was trying to do it all. So I was having a little bit of gas. I was eating too much soy. I was doing all the kind of things that you shouldn't do when you go vegan. Yes, I know. And so uh, she was just like, well, try this diet and it might help you. And I was like, okay. So I tried the diet and it was one of, there was another one of the best things I did nutritionally because it allowed my body to detox all that I did when I was growing up. I was a Southern girl. I love mm, food. I mm -hmm. still love food. I just, you know, have food that's better for me and the planet. But I loved eating everything. I mean, it wasn't nothing for me to eat, you know, pork and meat. I ate every single thing. I even ate ostrich and crocodile. I had a <laughs> I had a very open mind about mm -hmm. food. And I even thought about eating like crickets. <laughs> I mean, I really am super open and creative. So anyway, so I I um decided like, okay, let me try, let me try this thing. And after about three months of trying the vegan diet, and so I decided to do vegan and a little bit of raw vegan, I started to feel better, my skin started to get clear, I have more energy, and people start to say, Oh my goodness, you glow. And that, for me, for people to say I glow, I was just like, oh, thank you. It must be the diet, you know? Yes. So um, I just experienced all of these benefits of when I started um, being vegan. But even still then, I still consumed fish and eggs because I felt like I need to get my protein. So it wasn't until I moved to California where I was just like... Um, I met this guy. Well, I didn't move. I was modeling. I Once I got injured, I let track go, and I started just doing yoga and training, and I started modeling. It's something I always wanted to do, and my dad said, girl, get your education. You can't be doing no modeling. You need to get your education. <laughs> and so I started modeling, and um, I was going back and forth to L.A., and I met this guy. He ran track. His name was Obia Moore, and um, I looked at him. He was fit, and he was like, yeah, what do you want to eat? And I was like, yeah, well, I'm vegetarian. He's like, really? You vegetarian? And he's like, I was like, yeah, how long? I was like, oh, it's been about uh, about six months, I think, at the time. He's like, oh, well, why don't you do vegan? He was like, I was like, yeah, I'm studying that, but I need, you know, I'm I'm running. I'm still going to the gym. I need my protein. He's like, well, I've been vegan. I think he said about three or four years. I was like, oh, really? I mean, this man, let me tell you, his body looked like a trophy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So Pain I was like, girl, take me there, take like, me there. Right? Okay, I gotta find this picture because cause, I, mean, I just think am done. Just think track body. And mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh, well, if that, because I mean, let's be honest, the people that I had seen before were not that fit. Mm -hmm. and, and quite frankly, now it's different. We have a lot of healthy people. You see all shapes and sizes on a plant based diet. But when I was coming up, the most people I was seeing, other than my friend Marcos, who was kind of one of those, they call him Cheegans, like he would do mostly vegan, but then you have like some fish on the side or something like that. <laughs> Ooh, that's and so, and um, he, you know, he was healthy, but, but when I went to like vegan meetups and things like, I didn't see many people that look healthy. Yeah. And, and you're um, an that athlete. was a concern for me. So that was important for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so once I um, met OB, I was like, all right, I'm going to try. If he can look like that and he's been vegan for three, four years, I'm going to give it a try. Because mm -hmm. here I am. I'm an experimenter. Let me try it out. And so 
girl, I did it and I felt great. And the benefit was I was working in that rancho's place. So here I am making all of the vegan and raw, actually I was making all raw vegan food for this restaurant. So I had all the food I wanted, I had all the ingredients and I can make whatever I wanted. And I literally told myself, as long as I can make desserts vegan, cause I got a sweet tooth. <laughs> I'm the kind of girl that drank sugar water growing up. So <laughs> I, um, I said, if I can make desserts vegan, I can do this. And I made so many vegan desserts from pecan pies, pumpkin pie, like you name wow. it. And I made it I cannot it vegan. wait to try and your dishes. Because I have a sweet tooth too, girl. It ain't no joke. You got to come to L.A. Well, you going to come to L.A. You're going to be here. I'm going to make you something. We'll and I'm you. in your kitchen eating your snacks. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you already know I'm there, Koya. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we had so much fun, so much fun. So yeah, that's really my journey to food. And after that, I was raw vegan for two years, which is beautiful. Um, but I felt like traveling and whatnot, I felt like I didn't always have what I wanted. And again, being a foodie, I felt a little limited and I couldn't eat at every place. Mm -hmm. Whereas now being vegan, I feel like there's just more options when it comes to being social. I feel right. like raw, raw food is very high vibrational. It's good. I eat a high amount of raw foods. Probably about, you know, a good percentage of my diet is, you know, my smoothie in the morning, my salads, all of that is just natural, you know, unprocessed, unheated um, energy. And then one day a meal, I'll have something cooked. Or if I'm traveling, I'll have, you know, things cooked and eat out. And I feel... I feel really good. I mean, I just couldn't imagine when I was running track and field that I could feel better than I felt then. But now I always play with people. I'm like, I might go back to the track and see if I can be better than I was because I really feel like I'm on a better protocol. I take more rest. I eat better. You never know. Well, girl, <laughs> you look great. You sure do. I was looking at you, you while you were coming on a Skype call. I was like, oh, that's her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's so amazing, Thank though, you. to, like, think that for me, I'm actually writing a story on my journey to plant-based eating right now, and it includes you, it includes Janae, mm. it includes Latham Thomas, and it's amazing to me that the three people who have been the largest influences in my life um, are black women, and y'all look fantastic. Mm, I was yeah. like, that is one of the best selling points. Ab Girl, <laughs> sold. Mm, thank you so much. And it, and I feel you because that's what it was for me. Had I not seen this fit athlete that was doing the vegan diet, I don't know how quick I would have been. Because I had been exposed to it, and I was like, mm, mm, not sure. Nope, not convinced. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And then I saw him. I was like, oh, okay. That might this might work. <laughs> so, so yeah. And I'm so glad I did. And I now. Um, I'm interested in learning more and more about, again, when I started, I wasn't doing necessarily, I was cutting out all meat products, which was great, and all animal products, but I didn't know how to balance my protein, my carbs, and my fat. Mm. I didn't know how to make it work for me when I travel. And so now knowing those things, I'm more successful on the plant-based um, diet than I w was ever w before when I first started. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's amazing. Your journey with both like yoga and veganism and how with both of those things, <laughs> you were like quite literally led yeah, intuitively about, yeah. into both. Like the the injuries, those weren't a mistake. You know what I mean? You right. had to learn that lesson mm -hmm. of what it meant to get exhausted and overworked. And then you had to then awaken to the fact that yoga was what restored you. Yep. And then with veganism, people were quite literally like giving you these opportunities that kind of 
gently but beautifully forced you into it. Like the fact that he was like, "You gonna start cooking raw vegan food like, here?" And what? you're like, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> you are open to exactly. it. Exactly. That's, that's being open to the possibility of any and everything. I mean, I feel like that leads you to so many beautiful, like I don't know, just a rewarding life, essentially. That is so true. And I feel like that's so important, especially in our community, because I feel like even myself, like I've experienced, you know, trauma and I've experienced, you know, betrayal and things like that. And sometimes we allow those situations to close us up right. to where we're not open. And I feel like we have to use those situations and realize that we all are going to have challenges in our lives, but stay open yeah. because you never know when the universe is trying to bless you. Yep. Yes. Say it again. Say it. And it's again. always Stay trying open. to immerse you in blessings. <laughs> always. Mm hmm. We are so excited to introduce y'all to an amazing and absolutely necessary organization called Bright Pink. We're sitting here with Sydney Levinson, their community relations coordinator, and she's going to shed light on what they do and why you need to take note. Yes, thank you guys so much for having us on today. So um, Bright Pink is a national nonprofit focused on the prevention and early detection of breast and ovarian cancers. So what we know is that as much as 20% of the U.S. population, female population, is living at an elevated risk for breast and ovarian cancer, but most of those women are living with that risk unaware. So we, it's our mission and we've made it our job to really identify those women living at elevated risk and make them aware aware of that risk. Why is breast cancer awareness so important for black women? Yeah, that's a really, really important question to ask. Um, so at the bottom line, it's super important for black women because we're dying um, of breast cancer at rates higher than any other subpopulation. In fact, we're dying at rates almost 40% greater than white women. So wow. The disparity is super astounding and there's so many factors that really contribute to why that exists. Um, access to healthcare, quality healthcare, lack of insurance, um, lack of education, but really the best thing that you can do for yourself is to know your risk of developing breast cancer. Sydney, I'm really glad that you mentioned that my mom is a breast cancer survivor, and I know that in many cases, one of the reasons why she's able to survive is because the doctors were able to catch it very early on, and she had the access to an amazing doctor and support system in the healthcare world, right? So how can more of us, though, know our risk um, without necessarily having to go to the doctor? Yeah, so you're right, early detection um, and prevention is key. And Bright Pink has really tried to make it super easy for women to understand their risk. And we've created a digital risk assessment tool. So it's a really fun interactive quiz. It takes five minutes to complete. And it just asks a series of questions about your personal health history, your family health history, and your lifestyle habits, all of which inform kind of the level of risk that you are living at for developing these cancers. And at the end of that, it's going to generate an individual level of risk for developing breast or ovarian cancer and a personalized risk management plan. So what are those things that you can be doing on a daily basis to reduce your risk for developing these cancers? And then, you know, what are those next steps that you need to be taking in terms of conversations that you should be having with a healthcare provider? 
Wow. And where can we take that quiz? I need to take it myself. And I think Dion does too. Yes, please, please do. You can take the quiz by texting PREVENT to 59227, or you can take it online at assessyourrisk.org slash BGIO. Well, we hope all of our listeners will take that because it could quite literally save your life or set you up to live your life with well-being at Mm -hmm. the core. So thank you so much, Sydney. Thank you, guys. So you travel the world all the time now, spreading um, this idea of what it means to really um, center self-love, you know, through your daily life. What have been, like, maybe, like, one or two of your most, like, magical moments of sharing this work and sharing your beliefs about how it's possible for all of us with other people? I'm sure you have so many stories about it, though. I have so many, but you know I got to share the most recent one, which involves you and having a group of beautiful women, mentally, spiritually, and physically, taking my first yoga teacher training um, in December. I mean, talk about like living on purpose. I felt like my whole, like if it wasn't for me having all of these challenges and growing from them, we wouldn't have had that experience. Right. And I truly felt me sharing my experience and being a vessel is is what helps other women do the same. Yeah. And I never, let me tell you the truth, like since I started, I guess, Instagram, I think my first post was in 2013. And I mean, once I got into it posting every day, I never missed a beat. Mm-hmm. But I was so in that that situation, the yoga teacher training, teaching and sharing and just being there. I didn't post for three days and I got sponsors like, you okay? (laughs) But I was so there for everything we were experiencing during that time. And a lot of leaders know, and you know, you, you all know, like when you're holding space for people, like that's what you're doing. You know, I was trying to get other things done, but I was, it was really beautiful time. And I feel like that's one of the most satisfying moments of, of, my journey as a yoga teacher was actually teaching other practitioners to become even more mindful teachers. Yes. Well, and I think what's beautiful, I mean, there's so many things that are beautiful about it. Like, A, as you know, I get a lot of women. Dion gets a lot of women. All of us on the team get a lot of women asking, like, ooh, where should I do my yoga teaching certification? And I, you know, I can certainly recommend some places that I know that are strong on paper, right? But I feel really Mm -hmm. passionate that if you're a woman of color, trying to be mentored and taught by another woman of color is a really beautiful and rare experience. So I remember when you first told me that you were getting your yoga teaching um, uh, certification program, um, you know, connected to the Yoga Alliance. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because we just need more of us also teaching you know, other yogis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the most beautiful things, honestly, too, about that month with you was, um, with you and our whole group, was that um, really everything was rooted in love and compassion. And so 
even though it was like this, you know, tucked away kind of feel, like this retreat kind of immersion type feel, it wasn't like issues that happen every day outside of that space weren't present there. You know, there were still moments of like, you know, just stuff comes up and you have to address it and you have to talk about it and be real. But the context of all of that was always like in, in love and in compassion. Mm-hmm. And the way that we were just like able to grow together was really amazing, you know, to look back on. So props to you for creating that space. I know. I wish I were, I wish I was there with you guys. Like you talked about it. I remember we had a little emotional moment on the phone. Yes. You were just telling me like how blessed and grateful you were to be there. And I was like, girl, I need to be up in this thing. Yes. Like I'm telling all my (laughs) friends who don't even want to be yoga teachers just to do it because they need to just be there. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. And I think, and that's what was important for me, but because I wanted to have this retreat and training feel because you know, a yoga teacher trainings are intense. They're, they, they, a lot of things happen. Again, the spiritual connection, the detoxing, and then, of course, the education in and of itself, it's a lot. And I feel like being nurtured through that process to where you're actually building up your lifestyle that you're going to continue when you leave, I feel it's so important. And I feel with so many people churning out yoga Teacher certification is getting lost. Like the spirituality is getting lost. The mindfulness on ahimsa and plant-based nutrition is getting lost. Um, and spirituality is is a big is a big to me. Yoga is connecting me to my soul, my yes. spiritual self. Mm-hmm. It is beyond. I mean, and then there are other facets of it where um, I'm learning, I'm detoxing, and I'm learning to be confident. I'm learning patience, and I learn other things happen. But the main thing, reason those things happen, is because I'm providing the platform because I'm I'm quiet or I'm mindful. I'm moving mindfully with my breath. And so, yeah, I feel like everyone, honestly, whether you want to become a t- yoga teacher or not, should have that experience. I love it. So, Dion, you're going to get you there. Girl, I'm going. (laughs) I got another one in June for you, girl, and in December in Thailand. So that that Thailand, that's going to be special. Girl, If first of all, if Dion ever becomes a yoga teacher, that that is laughable. (laughs) (laughs) So never say never. My boyfriend recently had a dream that he was teaching comedic yoga. Are you serious? Yeah. <gasps> yes. Ooh. Can you imagine yeah. him and I teaching yoga together, traveling that the world? That is so... That would be beautiful. You and Milk Dud, girl, I... <laughs> <laughs> she calls him Milk Dud because he's chocolate and balls. <laughs> yes. Yes. Girl, Yusir, he, um, he taught me about comedic yoga, and that's one of the things that I actually have now added to my yoga teacher certification because a lot of people don't know about comedic yoga and it's so important and my journey of course it led me and I didn't find out about comedic yoga until after I got my yoga teacher certification but I studied with Yusir and I think it's so important that that lineage um, does not get lost Mm -hmm. and I feel like Yusir is doing a really great job and you have a person in Chicago Oh, no, he's in New York. Never mind. There is someone um, who does it here in Chicago um, that I've heard a lot about, but I haven't even taken a comedic yoga class yet. So maybe Dion and I will go together. Oh, my God. That'd be fun. Yeah. We should. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm about this Thailand life, though. Like, I'm not joking. <laughs> Especially because it's going to be Seriously? cold up in December. I'm trying to get up out of here with the quickness. You already know. <laughs> Come on. we got We got room for you. <laughs> we yes. got room for we only have one more spot in the June training in LA so I'm really excited about that 
And uh, December, we're just like, it's going to be, we're doing acro yoga too, which is, um, I didn't really talk much about that, but after I got more certifications, as I mentioned, and when I found acro yoga, I realized, okay, I've built this self-care, self-love thing. Now, I got to learn to trust others Mm. because I've been through some things in my life, like, you know, physical abuse in high school that led me to kind of close myself up a little bit. So even though I was open enough to follow my dreams when it came to relationships, Mm. I still had some work to do. Mm. And I tell people just because someone's a yoga teacher does not mean that they don't have challenges, that they don't have work to do, that they're not consistently growing and healing themselves. I don't ever think there's a point when we will stop having challenges in our life. You know, I do believe following this path, becoming a yoga teacher and becoming mindful, you learn how to deal with those challenges and situations right. more mindfully. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's less destructive for you and it's less destructive for people around you. And I think that's what's really important for our leaders, for our children. I feel like yoga instead of detention is the way to go. I feel like every person that becomes president needs to take a yoga meditation class. They need to be certified in something because, you know, it's getting laughable um, when it comes to politics. But I, um, I feel like if they had it, we would be led more mindfully. Yes. You know, and without that, you know, we got what we got. (laughs) (laughs) True. True. That's all I'm going to say on that. (laughs) Well, so speaking of mindfulness you know, and from spending such a significant amount of time with you, I saw how mindful you are about your energy and self-preservation and, you know, this idea of really being intentional about where you share your light and where you choose to not go and the people that you choose to spend time with, the people you choose to collaborate with, all those sorts of things. And all of us, you know, whether we're yoga teachers or artists Mm -hmm. or we work a corporate job or we're a mom, like we all need to learn how to be more mindful of how to conserve our energy because especially as women of color, we tend to give a lot of our energy away. We tend to take on Mm. a lot of emotional labor that has nothing to do with us and a lot to do with other people. So can you just talk about how this is a practice in your life and how other women can also practice this in theirs? Absolutely. That's that's pretty much why I created Get Loved Up. It stands for loving yourself, loving others, and loving the planet. And once you learn to love and take care of yourself, and I mean not say, oh yeah, I love yourself, but looking in the mirror, whether you in your birthday suit, and just looking at yourself in the eyes and saying, I love you, like every part of you, um, the parts that you like and the part you might not like so much and just saying I love you, um, really looking after you've made mistakes and saying I love you. And that's really important. And I don't think a lot of people can do that. A lot of people are really judging themselves. Oh, I don't look like this. I don't have this. I don't have a house. I don't have a, a relationship. I don't have the job that I like. And they look at all those things And they're really down on themselves. And so they're not feeling this sense of love. And they don't even realize it. They don't even realize that every day they wake up complaining and not happy. And it's the culture that we have now just really sharing. And some people are, you know, we're in this movement of authenticity, 
right? To where we're sharing, but a lot of people are sharing and they don't realize that they are trapped in mm. this lower vibration mm. of negative self-talk. And, uh, and so I try to help people realize like, okay, so what are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. Like what's happening that's for you? Because being in a, that cycle of negative self-talk, whether it be on social media or whether it be in your own personal life amongst men, it's energy is draining. Um, and it puts your attraction towards the things that you don't want. Mm. Whereas you're focused on the blessings that you have. Maybe you don't have that relationship, but you have friends around you that love and adore you. Maybe you don't have that job, but you can reach and look and do something for someone in your community and feel like you matter. Mm-hmm. Your life matters, you know? And I feel like little things like that really help preserve that that self-love and that's so important. And then when it comes to others, that's when we have to be careful because once you've like, okay, I, I'm loving myself, I'm taking care of myself, I'm being gentle with myself, I'm trying not to fall, even though we all judge ourselves a little bit. We always think, oh, I could be better, I could be doing this better yeah. and that better, but not being stuck in that, you know, and more so, you know, focusing on what you're grateful for. So it's not about being perfect and never saying, oh my goodness, my hair is a mess, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you wake up every day, I remember I was wearing a lot of wigs all the time. I didn't love my hair. Mm. I didn't even see it half the time. Mm-hmm. So once you've grown out of that and you're like, okay, I love my natural self. I love my natural beauty. And then it comes to other people. And a lot of times we don't realize when we're in toxic relationships, we're with people who judge us. You going to wear that? Why your hair look like that? Yep. Why you talk like that? You yep. know, just day in and day out beating on us emotionally. And we feel like, well, that's just the way it is, yep. you know, but absolutely not. We don't have to be in those toxic relationships that are putting us down, whether it be a romantic relationship or just a friend. That And it, they might not mean any harm either. You know, it just might be the culture that they right. have grown up in to kind of poke fun and make fun. But then you go home and you feel bad, you know. You have that that feeling of not feeling like you're enough or or you're worthy. And, and that's that's what's important in um, I talk to people all the time, like surround yourself with people that lift you up, yeah. that they'll take you to the gym if they know you need to go. If you if they you tell them, they'll they'll support you. If you say you're going to go plant-based for seven days, <laughs> they won't walk around just eating Kentucky Fried Chicken in your face. <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, That's real. they'll wait and they'll, you know, be mindful and just, and even if they do, they're like, hey, are you okay with this? And just people that are supportive is so important to surround yourself with people that are supportive and then when you talk about companies you have to align yourself with companies and opportunities that value you for you yes not just what you can get for them yes you know people companies that value you as a person and you know growing up i mean i started off once i was like oh i can't do track and field so i'm a model so modeling is one of the most subjective fields out there because mm. you show up. You're trying to look a certain way to get the job. <laughs> and I remember so many times I was like, oh, you know, I had this wig and ha- wig, the long hair wig, the short hair wig, the natural hair wig, the straight wig. You know, <laughs> I had a drawer for about 30 wigs. Wow. And I love my wigs. I still, I mean, I still don't think anything's wrong with them, but I think there's something wrong if you don't know, you don't love what's underneath. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got so addicted to how I, I was able to change my look and look and be these different people that I remember I, one day I took it off and I'm like, oh, and I just rolled my eyes at my hair and I'm thumbing through it. And 
I was like, wait a minute. This is like this. The spirit inside me is like, hold up, wait a minute. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. this is. I I had to check myself, and I. That's when I did a big chop, and I went natural, and I watched all these YouTube videos, and I learned to really love my hair. Um, and eventually, I got locks, which is amazing. It goes with my lifestyle. But it wasn't until I started to love my hair, because sometimes it would look a hot mess. Like, I'd have these plastic-looking wigs. And I remember looking at some pictures like, where were my friends at? You did not say plastic. And why did, where were my friends? And why didn't they not tell me that wig was horrible? Like, it was terrible. And so when I look back, it's funny, but when I, what I was going through in the moment was just a little bit, I got caught up and trying to be everything other people wanted to me to be, and I wasn't being my true authentic self. And I was doing yoga. So and I was learning to love myself and take care of myself, but that was just a piece of me that I was still struggling with. I was still struggling with that love for my hair. Mm. And so once I learned to appreciate what was underneath the crown, that I was putting in and actually honor my own crown, that's when I really started to love myself even more. And I remember there was this magazine I wanted to be on the cover of, Oxygen Magazine. I remember I went to all the bodybuilding competitions. I became a fitness, um, I won the figure model and the fitness model competition. And I was like, okay, for sure, I'm going to get the cover because all the girls on the cover, they win these competitions. And I was just, I was all about because I felt like those women were so inspirational for me and getting fit and healthy. And I wanted not to just be on the cover, but I just wanted to be inspirational to women. And I felt like if I got on this cover, I would be inspirational to women. Mm. And so, um, didn't happen. I went, I sent in picture after picture. I did the short wig, I did the long wig, long wavy wig. <laughs> and I did, I did, you know, about four or five different what they call cover tries, which mm-hmm. is sending in your picture hoping that they might in your story and hoping they pick you. I, I didn't get picked. So I forgot about it. I was like, you know what? Some maybe that's just not for me. I remember going on and then, you know, going through the experience of falling in love with my natural hair, doing the big chop, and then, you know, glue my natural hair down to my shoulders and just in love myself and I think I was in a meeting or something and end up talking to someone and they're like, why don't you, why have you never been on oxygen? You're fitness and you're beautiful and you have a beautiful story. I was like, I don't know. I tried so many times and they were like, huh, well, let me send in your picture. I was like, hmm, okay. I mean, what hurt, what will it hurt? You know, I'm not even in the shape that I used to be in back when I, when I was going for it. You know, I wasn't doing the competitions. I wasn't like 12% body fat. Sent in my picture, and they they sent me an email like a week later and said, we would love to have you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Insane. Yeah. I'm not even thinking about this anymore. I'm like, oh, my God. So, of course, I hit the roof, like, excited and happy and then in tears because I realized until I love myself, no one else can love me. Wow. Who was that girl? Wow. And so it felt so good. That cover meant more than just the cover and more mm-hmm. than just being an inspiration. It meant self-love. I finally, and I, I'm not going to lie, again, I would go back to people thinking that in some way you're going to be perfect or get it. I remember being at that shoot feeling so happy that I got the shoot and I was here with my natural hair yeah. <laughs> and um, in my body, which is what it was. I was fit. You know, I try to stay fit year round, but it wasn't as fit. But I, but I was like, that's okay. I feel good. I'm just happy I'm here. Right. Yay. And I remember one of the things that I thought I had to do 
to get the cover was get a boob job because all the fitness girls had these big fake boobs, <laughs> most of them, not all of them, but most. And I was like, that's something I can never do. It's just not me. I don't mm -hmm. want to do it. Mm -hmm. I like my tickle bitties. I'm going to just be cool. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. So um, I got a hair for them. Cool. So I was just like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to. And then I remember like getting my hair done and they were like, is that the top you're going to wear? And I looked down at my chest and I was like, so on these shoots, I used to, even though, you know, I, I never get a boob job, I would do, I don't know, you guys have heard of the cutlets, you know, to put the cutlets in, mm. pump the girls up. Pump so, them. you know, looking good. <laughs> So I was like, oh, I don't have no cutness because I've been all natural, just for my natural self. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, I got no colors. <laughs> so I'm sitting here freaking out. I run to the bathroom, and I try to use some socks. <laughs> I you am about to not. fly out of here. I'm about to fly. <laughs> and then my little sports bra was so lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Koya, and I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, Koya, stop it. You're beautiful. So I've been teaching it, and I said, Koya, you're beautiful. Walk back out there, get in front of the camera, and be beautiful. So I walked out there, flipped my little socks out, that were lumpy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I did the shoot, and it was one of the best shoots. I was with a photographer that I loved, and he was so encouraging. And so even then, I still had to take that moment and just appreciate my natural beauty again, you know? And I just wanted to share that story because people feel like you, we, we always have sometimes where we look up and we have that lack of self-confidence, but you get, just got to talk yourself through it mm -hmm. and say, you're beautiful. Look yourself in the mirror and say, you're beautiful. It's okay. You don't have to be like anyone else. You don't have to be like the magazine. You don't have to be like your friend <laughs> who might have different blessings than you have or different things in different ways than yeah, you have. Yeah. You, don't, you just have to be 100% comfortable with yourself. And that is beautiful. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. It was hilarious. It was real. <laughs> I loved it. I don't think I've ever shared that before, but I, it just made me remember... That experience, it was it was humbling for me. It was yeah. like, wow, you you still got some work to do, and and that's okay. But I'm glad I made that decision because I look at that picture and I'm like, you know, mm -hmm. it makes me proud because I know the work that went into creating that woman. Oof. And it wasn't, you know, it was it's natural. It's a natural thing. And it's it's often like you sharing these stories too. It's just a powerful reminder that for all of us, our stories are so layered and so nuanced. Like, people could easily look at you and be like, oh, you know, beautiful girl. She's so bendy in yoga. She's vegan. It's easy for her. She's always smiling and happy. It's like, no, we all have gone through it in one way or another. Mm -hmm. We've all gone through the struggle. And still, you know, it's a continuous journey. It, it is. Um, of confidence, of self-love, of caring for ourselves some of us love each other but really struggle with um making time um to actually like love on ourselves mm -hmm. you know um through specific practices so i really just appreciate you for like getting real about some of those those past challenges <laughs> um and i know that like self-talk and affirmation are really powerful for you i thought maybe to close you could share your prayer with us mm. the get loved up prayer which shows yeah, I up that. i 
in one of our recent team meetings, I actually closed with that mm-hmm. because I thought it was so beautiful. Oh, yeah. thank you. That means so much to me. It, it really does. And, um, you know, this prayer came to me just one day I woke up in the morning time is my favorite time to just like, um, just like do morning pages and write and get everything on my heart out. And it came to me and I was just like, wow, this is, this is powerful. I love that it um, it just came to you as well. I think that's really important. Sometimes we overthink like, ooh, Mm -hmm. you know, I got to write this affirmation this particular way, but you just kind of smell real deep. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like allowed for it to come and it's personal to you, I'm sure. But it also like for me, I connect with every single line. Mm, Thank you. Thank you. All right, here we go. Mm. We are love. We release all of the limiting beliefs that block us from our greatness. We are open to the infinite possibilities of love in our lives. We are prepared to meet all assignments with a loving heart and a joyous spirit. We are ready to heal any place within us, holding on with residual fear from the past. We pray for guidance and flowing with clear intentions and pure thoughts. We feel love, beauty, and divine intelligence in every cell of our body. And we radiate good vibes wherever we go. We are patient with ourselves and others as the journey of truth unfolds and reveals itself daily. We embrace all experiences as opportunities to love more and grow. We know we are divinely supported and provided for, and we are grateful for our lives. And so it is. And so it is. Beautiful. Thank you. I was going to say amen. (laughs) Thank you for letting (laughs) me share that. That just felt so good to say. Uh, Thank you for speaking that over our lives. Hmm. So. You guys are awesome. You're awesome. So we were wondering, too, I know that you have some upcoming experiences and one that you're most excited about, this new seven-day journey. So could you share that with our community so that they know how they can journey deeper into loving themselves with you? Yes. Well, I sometimes do nutrition challenges, sometimes yoga challenges, and sometimes fitness. And this seven-day detox is a combination of all the things that I love in holistic health yoga, meditation, uh, movement, and mindful eating. And um, it's coming up. I'm going to start it. uh, It's going to be every month. Every month I have a Facebook group that you can be a part of for support because I think support and accountability is really important. Um, You'll be a part of this platform that that even Lauren filmed with me on called Cody App where you get to follow along with yoga and mindful movement and meditation. And then I will also have an opportunity, I'm going to doing a webinar to like talk about holistic health and how it's important and how if you're looking for that transformation in your life, you can kind of set yourself up in these seven days. Thank you so much, Koya. Thank you, thank you. Um, Truly a light. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for having me. Absolutely. And all of our um, community can also stay in touch with Koya. You're just Koya Webb with two Bs across all social, right? Yes. Lovely. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Hoya web. And get loved up. I have my companies. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. We'll talk with you so soon. All right. Thanks for having me, ladies. See you next time. Get right. loved up. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey guys, I'm here to remind you guys about Bright Pink, which is a national nonprofit focused on the prevention and early detection of breast and ovarian cancers. Guys, please do not forget to take the quiz by texting PREVENT in all caps to 59227. Once again, 59227 or visiting assessyourrisk.org slash BGIO. Hey guys, to stay in touch, be sure to join our email list at blackgirlandgnome.com. Follow us on Instagram, say hello to us on Twitter, and like us on Facebook at Black Girl and Gnome. There are so many great stories that people of color, women, and queer folks want to tell, but don't have a place to share them. Post Loudness, our podcast collective, wants to create a community of unique voices and audio. Love to James T. Green, Cher Vincent, and Alex Cox for creating Post Loudness and letting us be a part of it. Special love also to Aline Kaze, our audio engineer, to Khalid B. and Peter Espenson for the music you hear throughout the show. And thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to breathe easy.